This is High Stakes from Gerard Phillips, Kate and Hancock. Welcome to High Stakes, I'm David Schifrin. Aaron Campbell is an Associate Vice President here at Gerard, and he leads much of the patient experience work we do with clients. Recently, Aaron published a guest post on the Barrel Institute blog. He started the post with a deeply personal story, and when we read it, the team wanted to hear more. This is his story, along with very practical and business-oriented reasons why and how it should matter to healthcare leaders. We're grateful to Aaron for his work here, but especially for his willingness to tell this story publicly. Be sure to subscribe to the High Stakes Podcast on your favorite podcast platform, and you can always check out what's new at GerardInc.com. That's J-A-R-R-A-R-D-I-N-C.com. So uh, I was fortunate. My grandmother uh, took me in when I was about five years old, and she raised me from that point on. Uh, over the last few years, as uh, her health uh, started to decline and she started to show signs of dementia, uh, I was really um, kind of honored to have the favor to, to help her uh, through that transition and getting older as well. And back in January, after a long stay in um, skilled nursing, uh, my grandmother had gotten sick and was in the hospital. I got a call uh, on the second day that we were there that my aunt, uh, who was only 65, uh, but had severe arthritis and was also in assisted living right across the street from my grandmother, that my aunt had really, um, she had uh, fallen unresponsive and was being taken to the emergency room. Uh, As you can imagine, I was uh, pretty uh, startled uh, by that, and I, I was afraid to leave my grandmother, knowing the condition that she was in. I called my partner to come and sit with her so I could get in the car. And and I just remember running through the hallways, kind of a maze of hallways, to get to to my car. And as I was driving to the hospital, there's another hospital about 20 minutes outside of town, I called and I said, you know, my aunt's being taken there. I need to speak with someone in the emergency room. Uh, As I was her power of attorney, I was aware of her wishes uh, in that situation. And um, I was told at that point that uh, it wasn't policy to to let someone uh, talk to someone before someone had been registered in their computer system. I knew my aunt had to be there, so I floored it even harder to try to get there as quickly as I could. And I just remember um, after having to fill out uh, insurance information uh, when I really wanted to get to my aunt, who I knew was uh, in rough shape, that um, uh, I walked through the doors and I could hear her screaming uh, down the hall in pain, yelling my name, uh, and as I turn the corner, uh, the sight uh, that day just sticks in my mind. Uh, the pain that she was in, um, th- there was a, a nurse sitting with her who um, had very little compassion uh, to it. And of course, I was um, uh, shocked uh, to see that um, the pain and situation that she was in as well. I remember having to turn to the nurse and ask, you know, what was going on and, and to, to be updated. And as he updated me, he told me that they had per, uh, given her uh, something to counteract opioids. She took pain medication for her pain. And that opioid uh, blocker essentially uh, blocked any opioids in her system. So she was probably in the worst pain of her life uh, at that point. And uh, even though she was awake, she was dying. She had congestive heart failure. Uh, We knew she was dying. Um, But uh, 
when, uh, when it came time to make uh, some difficult decisions with my aunt as to whether she wanted to stay and be treated or to go, uh, I was kind of shocked to see the nurse uh, there almost shame me um, for uh, asking to speak with someone from hospice um, to honor my aunt's wishes. And I'll say that uh, after uh, hospice came, we were able to get her discharged pretty quickly, and partly because I was willing to advocate for her. Um, we were back at her apartment, and it was uh, almost uh, 10 hours later or so, uh, and she, uh, she passed away. But the last, uh, you know, really biggest piece of her life was in a lot of pain because of uh, the decision that the hospital had made to ignore her um, her advanced directive and her wishes uh, that she had made um, as well. So it was a tough situation. You know, the, the reason I share that, A, is, um, you know, I hope I can honor my aunt's struggle, but also um, a lot of other folks who've uh, had bad experiences uh, in healthcare. Um, but also to illustrate the power of story and also recognizing uh, that, that you can't measure um, the pain or the challenge that a situation like the one that I experienced caused or the damage that could be done um, by someone sharing their story uh, publicly. Um, you know, it, our firm, we work a lot on patient experience and helping systems uh, do patient experience uh, strategy. Um, but we also do a lot of crisis work, and it takes one photo or one story to go viral um, before you realize that you're in a situation that's much bigger than you could have ever imagined or quantify, for that matter. And the reputational damage that that could do uh, could be extreme. So when I hear uh, Deming talk about uh, the unknowable and the unknown uh, and the multiplying impact of satisfaction or dissatisfaction, I think it's a good uh, lesson for us that um, that an unhappy or a happy customer can um, can do incredible uh, multiplying good or damage to your brand and your reputation and ultimately your bottom line. It's like I certainly don't want to downplay the importance of metrics. You know, measuring our progress is very important. Um, I think it's one of the most important pieces in that we're able to show that these things work, these strategies work. But that being said, not everything can be measured. And when you think about the impact of, uh, of a, a terrible situation, a tragic situation that's handled poorly and how that can spread, um, it, it, it's hard to quantify, but there are some things you can do. And so, uh, you know, thinking through this, um, are your employees uh, trained to recognize dissatisfaction and to respond, to have a service recovery uh, program in place that you can intervene early uh, and that you can, uh, can see that? I would also say that um, for the most part, the public uh, in a situation where maybe a story does uh, get attention or traction, for the most pe part, people want to know that you're responding, uh, responding to that genuinely. And so how you respond in those moments, whether it be a social media post or whether it be uh, a story that picks up uh, media attention or social media attention, uh, how you respond can have a big uh, impact on that. And so thinking through the, the implications of saying nothing or not responding or what uh, the impact that it can really make to say, hey, we're sorry, we, we, we messed this up. We didn't, we didn't handle this as well as we could have, and here's how we've learned from this, uh, or opportunities. I would also say that um, 
organizations that have uh, an emphasis on communication and the importance of communication, it's not just communicating with patients, but the, the colleague interaction that it takes to identify issues early and to elevate those through the organization and then to be able to respond quickly when there's a, an impact. So focusing on communication is always a smart idea. So really, you know, those three things, service recovery, um, making sure our organization is responsive, uh, and then focusing on, on communication uh, as well could be a great impact and a big uh, help.